Powered by MPB, this is Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast, hosted by Jermaine Flood and Tara Wren. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. Welcome to Chalkboard Chat. Jermaine Flood in. This is our Principal and Superintendent Appreciation 2022 episode where we're showing our appreciation and love for all the principals and superintendents across the state of Mississippi. And I'm Tara Wren. We are showing our appreciation to Mississippi principals and superintendents who have gone beyond their call of duty to make an impact in the schools or districts in which they work. In right now, I have a principal from Northwest Rankin Elementary in the Rankin County School District, Ms. Kara Killo. Now, Ms. Killo was named the Mississippi Department of Education 2022 Administrator of the Year in April of this year. She has been the principal at Northwest Rankin Elementary now for 13 years. She was five years as assistant principal for a total of 18 years. And not only is she a principal, but she's also now a graduate of Northwest Rankin in high school and was on the Northwest Rankin dance team for four years. So not only do they have a principal, they also have somebody who is an alum and a friend of theirs. I would like to introduce to the chat, Ms. Kara Killo, principal of Northwest Rankin Elementary. Thank you so much for joining us here on Chalkboard Chat. Thank you, Jermaine. I'm so honored to be here. We just want to delve right into you as a principal, as an administrator, as an educational professional. So I just want to get started with moving now from being a student at Northwest Rankin. How did you know that you were going to go back and work for the school that you graduated from? Well, it was an amazing opportunity when we got to kind of tell our college who we wanted to go do our student teaching with. I knew that I wanted to come back to Rankin County and it just worked out. I had an opportunity to come work at Northwest Rankin Middle School. And so it was quite an honor to be able to come back to the place that poured so much into me so I could pour so much into the rest of the future's children's lives. Right. Did you know, though, that you were going to leave and come back? You were literally going to be the principal of Northwest Rankin Elementary. No, I had no idea when I started my educational profession that I would still be here, still be in this school, in the district, and just loving every minute of having this opportunity. Right. Now, tell me, what is maybe your philosophy on education as it relates to being principal of Northwest Rankin? Well, I do believe, and my platform has kind of been just that we all are champions. We're champions for our students every single day, being their cheerleaders, being their biggest supporter of loving on them and giving them the best educational opportunity while they're with us in our building. But we as administrators are not only that for our students, we're that for our teachers as well. Our teachers and our assistants and our staff members need that champion. They need that support and that encouragement. I do believe social and emotional learning and the climate and culture of our building is so important. And so we want to make sure that we're champions, not only for our students, but for our staff as well. Right. As principal, what do you feel like is one of the most important duties that you have on a daily basis? I definitely think we've got so much expectation that we have ahead, not only to provide the best academic experience for our students, but also to provide a safe and fun environment and to make sure that our students are loving coming to school every day. They're loving to learn. So I guess my most important job is to help maintain that climate and that culture in that building for safety, but also set high expectations for academics as well. Right. Good stuff. What has been maybe one of your brightest moments as principal of the school? Woo, 
I definitely think we've had a lot of wonderful opportunities, but I think the biggest moment was when we earned level A for our accountability rating. Our teachers and our students have worked so hard. And when I stepped into administration, we had a little bit of a challenge to go through. And so everybody just continued to work hard every single day, putting forth their best effort. Our students grew a phenomenal amount. And so when we got that rating in 2018, showing that we were a level A accountability, we had the biggest celebration. And so it was definitely a team effort of everybody pitching in to just really make it an amazing opportunity. Now let's go back. We don't have to say how far back we're going, right? But let's go back to maybe when you were a student at Northwest Rankin and your relationship with the administrators at the school. How do you fare now being that administrator versus the way you perceived them when you were there? <laughs> well, we won't say any names. I did have some phenomenal administrators um, coming through. And so I do have to give my utmost respect to them. But I also know that was on a high school level and being an elementary student, really trying to make sure we make those connections. I want to make sure that my kids know that I love them. I felt very loved. I felt very cared for and taken care of in my educational career at Northwest. I want to do the same thing for our children here. I want them to know that when they walk in the building, I'm going to give them a high five. I'm going to give them a hug. I'm going to also help them through any challenges, but I'm going to definitely celebrate them when we reach a milestone or we have an opportunity that we can celebrate for many different reasons. I think there's a lot of opportunities, not just academics, that we celebrate our kids. So definitely my administration poured into me and I want to do the same thing of pouring it into our children as well. I love it. Now, of course, on the flip side of things, I know there's pros, but I know there's also challenges that you go through when it relates to the pandemic and the, the paradigm shift that you had to experience from going pre-pandemic into pandemic and now somewhat mid post pandemic. I don't know what you would call this, but how was that time there at Northwest ranking and how have y'all kind of, I guess, matriculated into what we're living in today pandemic wise? Absolutely. Well, boy, have we walked through some challenging days. I remember before we went out for spring break that year thinking, I'm not sure if this is going to affect us that much. And boy, did it almost turn us completely around. I think we all had a big learning curve. We all had to really have that growth mindset of things are going to be completely different than we expected. And we have to have a positive mindset. And so our teachers and our staff really poured into learning a new way of teaching, learning a new way of connecting with our families, even though we didn't see them physically, giving the support to the families at home. And then that in turn translated to last year, having a diverse population. Some of our students were still at home. Some of them came back. And so our teachers really had to continue to figure out how to reach all of our students. And of course, this year, as we've gone through lots of different challenges and the ups and downs of trying to get back to normal, utilizing the tools that we've learned through those challenging times, I do think as hard as COVID was for educators, we had a lot of positive outcomes and learning opportunities. And so trying to figure out what of those things are going to continue on as our normal, because some of those became best practices and things that we really believed in to be beneficial for education. So it was a very challenging time, but we have really grown a lot through that. Right. And of course you've grown. Somehow you were named after all of that from pandemic, the 2022 Mississippi Administrator of the Year. How was that when you figured out you had gotten that? I really, I think I'm still in shock, honestly. There are so many outstanding educators throughout the state of Mississippi, but also right in my hometown in Rankin County. I learned so much from the administrators that are 
around me every single day. And so it's almost a shock of just, am I dreaming that this is happening? Because there are so many wonderful people out there. I do consider myself still having so much to learn, even though I've been in the profession for several years. There's so many things that I'm learning every single day from the administrators around me and throughout the state of Mississippi, because we do collaborate and we work together as a great cohort. And so it is quite an honor to be able to be recognized and one that I am just extremely blessed by. This had to have not only been an administrator thing. I know the students had some kind of weight in this decision. So what has been maybe your one moment that you had with a student that you knew that this is what you were supposed to be doing because of what this student had going on or had said to you or the experience that you, you had with them? Well, I think there's so many different experiences and opportunities that we as educators all the time think about or talk about. We should write books because there's so many different experiences that you go through as an educator and that you hopefully are touching their lives, but in turn, they're touching your life so much more. I think all of our students right now just currently have a huge impact on my life and to see the transformation and the resiliency that they have gone through, just to know that for some of our students that didn't come to school for several years and they're coming to school every single day and they're catching up on maybe a few of the outcomes that we miss during that learning at home and seeing how they're growing and blossoming. Some of our students in particular, one of them was serviced through an IEP. And so now we had a reeval for that IEP and the student no longer needed that because they have just continued to grow internally and just overcome some obstacles that they've had. So it's in those times that you realize you know what, this job is so impressive and so important that we are making a difference. And it's kind of like the starfish that you want to save all of them. But if we can at least just save one of them, we've made an impact that we needed to. Right. What is one piece of advice? Because you've been in it for 18 years, you've been an assistant principal for five of those, a principal for 13 of those. What's one piece of advice that you would give a prospective assistant principal or principal um, when it deals with dealing with the profession? Well, I definitely think it's important that you have your support system around you. You know, I talk about being champions and that's just really my go-to answer, I guess, for a lot of it. But it really is all of the assistant principals that have worked with me. I really wanted a transparent relationship with them. So that way we learn with and through each other. And so making sure that you have somebody that you can confide in, that you have somebody that can be your sounding board. As a principal over the last several years, I've had a group of core administrators we call us the Fab Five. And so the five of us would really just kind of bounce ideas off of each other and really kind of use each other as kind of a resource to, hey, how would you work through this? Or what's your suggestions or advice? Or celebrate with each other through different things. So it's having somebody that is your confidant, that is your support system to know through good times and in bad or in support systems and different opportunities that you need, kind of that backbone. Having a go-to person is extremely important because this job is one that there's not everybody can relate, but those that can relate can really relate. And so they, you need to know that somebody has been in your shoes that has walked down that road with you and can be your support system and sounding board. So that would be my biggest piece of advice is to have that connection, have that confidant, have that champion that you can constantly go to. Our Fab Five, we sometimes would text as early as five o'clock in the morning and asking random things in different scenarios. And then we'd also celebrate late at night as a success would happen and they'd had to share with the group. So that's been a biggest blessing for me. And I hope I've been able to share that with, with some of the other colleagues as well. You have, and your whole idea of being a champion is such a great 
philosophy to live by. And I just want to leave my listeners with that because I did pull a little bit of that from your personal philosophy statement. But she states, connections are the key to unlocking potential in all students. When educators challenge, support, and inspire their learners, they become the student's biggest champions. Educators also need champions themselves for encouragement and motivation so they can continue to share their passion of learning. The field of education is a beautiful place to partner with others and make a powerful difference in the world around us. And I'd like to say, Ms. Kara Killo, you have made that positive difference as the principal of Northwest Rankin Elementary and as the 2022 Mississippi Administrator of the Year. And I just thank you so much for joining us here on Chalkboard Chat so that we can celebrate you. Well, thank you so much. It's been quite an honor and I've enjoyed my time with you. Welcome to Chalkboard Chat. I'm Tara Wren, and in with me now is Dr. Toriano Holloway, Superintendent of Simpson County School District, a native of Mississippi Gulf Coast. Dr. Holloway has led a distinguished career in secondary education for more than 20 years. I'd like to welcome you to the chat, Dr. Holloway. How are you today? Doing good, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. You know, we like to just kind of soften things up and loosen things up with our favorite question to ask at the beginning about chalkboards. When I was in school, our chalkboards were green. What color were your chalkboards? They were actually black and you had the white chalk that they showed up on real good. And we actually had double chalkboards. You could pull one down and teachers would hide notes and things like that. So yeah, we had double chalkboards when I was in school. Oh, you had one of those fancy ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> My grandmother had one in the middle of our floor at home and it was green on one side. I think it may have been black on the other and you could turn it over and- Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, lesson on both sides. I'm like, Lord, I want to watch PBS. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the days. Yes, they, they were good. Well, thank you, Dr. Holloway, for being here. We'll jump right into some questions here for you. And we really appreciate the work that you're doing with our students here in Mississippi and our teachers. What led you to pursue a career in education? I was actually going into the nursing field, thought I wanted to be a nurse. I always knew it was either something in medical or something with kids. My senior year, I was a summer camp counselor. And the kids, I just had a, a connection with kids. So that came into play. So I actually went off to school and went to Dillard University in New Orleans and transferred to Mississippi University for women and got in the nursing program for two hours. And I, fig <laughs> I figured out real quick that nursing was not for me. I went and changed my major to biology, education, and the rest, they say, is history. So it kind of started when I was in high school with the connection that I had with kids that kind of led me into it. And apparently that has kept you on this trajectory and you're doing well and found a love even more so for it. And you've moved up the ladder there. So tell me about what led you to the role of superintendent to go a little higher with it. I was fortunate to see some great leaders when I began my career in Gulfport and they sparked my interest in leadership. And, you know, I got in this business. I was called to this business because I believe it's a calling, not a profession. I was called to make a difference in the life of kids and began to see that leadership and the impact that they had on the amount of kids that we had at Gulfport High School. And I just wanted to impact as many kids as I could. So just watching great leadership and wanting to do some of the things that they did and impact the number of kids that they did kind of 
intrigued me or influenced me or inspired me to get into leadership. So some days I wish I was back coaching basketball and teaching biology, but to see a vision take place and impact over 3000 kids is powerful. Something I can't put into words. It's a great calling. And I believe divine order led me here. Well, no doubt. I'm sure it impacted you and I'm sure you are having an impact on others. And I'm sure that's an amazing thought. So one day they'll come back and let you know that yes. too. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, tell me as superintendent, has there been an aha moment with the student or an administrator that confirmed your role in this capacity? Well, I, I've, I've got lots of stories of uh people who I've impacted and kids who I've impacted. You know, I've received letters in the mail from kids who were, when I was principal, they were students and they're in education now. There have been teachers that I've put on plans of improvements to help them get better and they got better and they're in administration now. So just, you know, I, one of my favorite stories, I was in Belk with my mom getting some cologne or something. I can't remember what it was, but this young lady saw me and ran from behind the desk and just started crying and gave me a hug. And she told my mom the difference I made in her, how she was shy, didn't really talk a lot, and the difference I made in her and her confidence in school. So that's probably one of the best stories. But I've got many, many stories and thousands of peoples and communities, several communities that I've impacted. Absolutely. And I'm sure that made your mama happy too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It did. It did. <laughs> Nothing like impacting and changing lives. So that is great. So tell me, how did your district fare during the pandemic? So we, we fared pretty well here in Simpson County. I, this is my first year here, but in asking questions, they fared pretty well. They went through the same things that everybody else went through. And we're dealing with the same things that others are dealing with as far as kids and the social emotional piece that they've missed as far as their development and just getting them kids and teachers back to a normal routine about what school is. So uh, I think we fared well. We have kept our focus. We have put systems in place that if there's disruption like this again, I think we can adapt and overcome versus being set back the way we were with COVID initially. So we have fared well. The teacher stayed committed. The kids, given the situation, I think were as resilient as they could be. Absolutely. That's good. We've learned some new things, some new ways to operate, have Yes, yes, we have. <laughs> Never be the same. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So this year, the historic teacher pay raise by the Mississippi legislature is, is well-deserved. And I think a big acclamation and thank you to our teachers. Yes. What are your thoughts on it? And how do you see it impacting Mississippi's teacher population in the future? It's well-deserved. You know, one of my philosophies has always been, if you want to keep getting golden eggs, you got to take care of your geese. So I'm finally, <laughs> I'm glad they finally took care of our geese. Unless you've walked in the shoes of an educator, you really don't understand what we deal with, what teachers deal with on a daily basis. And just the fact that the folks in Jackson have listened and paid our teachers. There are a few professions that happen without the, the touch of a teacher. And uh, they deserve it. If you ask me, they deserve a little bit more because they put up with a lot. You know, a lot of times they're the only positive experience that a child will have during the day. So it's just, man, what they do is awesome. 
And I appreciate our teachers and I try and support them as much as I can. And the thing is, a lot of them don't do it for pay, but it is good to be compensated for the things that you do. You know, spending money out of their own pockets, you know, helping kids through all types of things. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be here where I am today if it wasn't for, for several teachers. My mom was great, but I was one of those kids that took two or three villages, not one village to raise this child. So had it not been for some educators in my life, I wouldn't be here. And I'm glad we awarded or rewarded our teachers for the work they do on a daily basis. Absolutely. You often hear that teaching is a heart thing. It's not necessarily a money thing. That's right. And i tell you what else. I, I bet our parents through COVID have a different appreciation for what teachers do because they had to put up with their own children, some of them for eight hours. So <laughs> some of them were understand as well. Yeah, absolutely. They were cast into some teaching roles themselves, right? <laughs> Speaking of parents, what is your interaction with parents on a daily basis or throughout your week? I guess I've been blessed. Our principals and teachers do a pretty good job. So I don't get a lot of complaints from parents, but I start off the morning. I start off every day at a school and that's doing duty on carpool duty, bus duty or something. So I see our parents every day. They see me opening doors for kids to get out or when kids get off the bus. If a parent calls me, I'll call them back. Other than that, you know, when I'm out, I see some of our parents because I try and be active or visible in the community. And sometimes they'll catch me and listen. When I first got here, nobody knew who I was. So I could go to Walmart without anybody stopping me. Well, <laughs> now they know who I am. So I'll get stopped every now and then. And our parents here have been pretty good. You know, we just like parents everywhere else. They want the best for their children. So my interactions have with them have been good. They've been patient and allowed us to fix issues when they do bring them to us. Absolutely. Now tell me about the day in the life of a superintendent. What does that look like when you dart those doors in the morning? <laughs> Probably before the end of the day, about 200 emails, several phone calls, and some thinking down the road. When I was a principal, I thought about the day. As a superintendent, you have to think a week, a month, a year ahead of time on decisions and, and things that happen day to day. So yeah, as soon as I get in, there's phone calls, there's emails, there's paperwork, there's meetings, which I don't like the meetings. I'd rather be in the building around the kids, but it's nonstop most days. And on the days when it's not nonstop is when you have to do some strategic future thinking and planning, because if you're thinking about today as a superintendent, you're already behind. So it's a, it's a busy day, but it's rewarding because every day, you know, you're pushing your vision and the school board's vision and impacting kids. Now, is there one thing that someone said, Dr. Toriana Holloway, he always says this to us. Do you have a thing? <laughs> I, I, I used to have one when I was with kids, but now it's probably I'm going to ask them what makes them great. Because every kid has something that makes them great. Every kid that I meet, after I meet them and I get their name, I ask them, what makes you great? Because every child has, every person on earth has something that makes them great. Mm -hmm. And then our faculty and our leadership team will probably tell you that I'm going to talk to them something about their leadership and how they're getting better every day. Because at this point, it's not about what I can do. 
It's about what I can inspire our faculty and our students to do. So, you know, we have to get out of the task mindset and get in the uh, inspire and lead mindset in the roles that we're in now. So those probably be the two things they'll tell you, because if we don't bring that out of them, sometimes they'll never hear it and they'll never think about themselves because I catch a lot of kids off guard and they're like, I don't know. And I'll say, well, the next time I see you, I want you to tell me what makes you great because everybody has something that makes them great. And I'm going to turn that on you and ask you, what makes you great? <laughs> uh, let me see. I, 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 there are probably two or three things, in my opinion. I think my humility, my vulnerable state that I present as a leader, and probably the most important thing is that I have failed my way to success. And that's taught me a lot of lessons that I can pass on. I'm a leader of leaders. And if you've only had successes and you've never made mistakes, I don't know how effective you can be because there's a lot more to learn in failure than there is success. So I would say that that's probably the main thing is uh, that I have failed my way to success. So I can, I can lead people and I'm humble and vulnerable. And I always hear about my energy and charisma, but, you know, that only lasts for so long. You know, they say motivation is like taking a bath. You know, you need it every day. So <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> well, that is that's great. I, I, I love that. That's beautiful. That's a great question to ask and for each of us to ponder ourselves. Yes, ma'am. Well, you know, we appreciate the the work that you do in your schools and along with your teachers and administrators and with the students, of course, raising up the next generation of our leaders and entrepreneurs, those we hope to stay right here in Mississippi (laughs) and get to work. So tell me, uh, what one piece of advice would you give to a potential principal or superintendent? It's a tough job, but there's nothing in the world like it. I have friends who are in different professions and do other things. There's nothing like impacting a child's life. And, you know, the thing about it is we plant trees every day that we may not get to see grow, but those trees do grow. And, you know, there's a difference between success and impact. And success is great, but it's short-lived because you have another mountain to climb. But when you do what we do, you make an impact. You create a ripple that lasts forever, even after you're gone. So it's tough work. It's thankless work. It didn't work that you get rich doing financially, but as far as contributing to the world and making it a better place and having fulfillment from a job, there's nothing else that you can do that's better than being an educator. Well, I appreciate you speaking with us today. I'm, I'm motivated just by hearing you talk here today. And I'm sure those teachers and students who see you every day they appreciate that. And yeah, yes, once again, we appreciate you and we're glad that you spent this little time with us here today. All right, thank you. Jermaine Flood in today and in with us, we have got Ms. Charlotte Seals. She is the Madison County School District Superintendent. And Ms. Seals, aren't you a 35 year education veteran as well? I am a veteran and that sounds about right, 34, 35 years. Not to keep track, because that might sound like, okay, (laughs) oh, she's keeping track year year to year, but it's somewhere in the 30s, you're exactly right. But I love what I do. So again, I haven't been keeping an exact count on it, but yes, I'm around 33, 35 years, yeah. Yeah, well, I'd like to welcome you to Chalkboard Chat. This is an MVB education podcast. And of course, you being in education for as long as you have, this is a perfect fit. 
of the two coming together to talk about education. So I just thank you so much for joining I'm us today. I'm thrilled to be here, thrilled to be here. Thank you now, for having me. Uh, thank you. Now in Miss Seals 35, 34 years, I was counting on my fingers, but mm -hmm. she has not only held position of superintendent, but she's also been through the whole gamut of education from teacher to principal to associate superintendent, you name it, she's done it in the realm of education. So again, we are appreciating her here. Now, I just want to get started with you. Tell me a little bit about coming up and what your parents instilled and were you always interested or was it a bug that maybe had bit you a little bit later on with education? I would definitely say that the book hit me later on in college. I think because I grew up in a family of educators, I felt like initially, you know, as a teenager, oh, I'm going to do something totally different because I, my aunts and uncles teach my, you know, my dad, my mom, et cetera. And both of them came from large families. So I was like, I'm going to do something different. I always felt like I wanted to work with children and to help directly serve and support children. And so when I was in college, I had the wonderful opportunity to go to a to Millsaps and a smaller school. And so you, you know, in a small environment, you really get to know your professors. And I had that opportunity. And in fact, one of the professors, I babysat for her, her children. And she was like, you know, you're really a natural with this. And you should consider taking an education course or two. And I was like, eh, well, we'll see. I have my other plans. My plan was, I, well, I was a pre-med major. I was going to go to med school and look at going into pediatrics. Right. But I did really enjoy working with students and teaching them and seeing that light bulb go off. And so she encouraged me to take some courses. I did. I fell in love with it. And then from there, never looked back. So tell me a little bit about your teaching career. How much did you enjoy that before you started matriculating into all the other positions that you've held since? Well, I loved it. In fact, I first started out teaching high school. And so that's one that I think unique things about my path is that I've had the opportunity to teach at the high school level. I taught at middle school and then I got into administration in middle school and then became an elementary principal before coming to our district office. Mm -hmm. And so what I will tell you from, and it's been a while, but what I enjoy most with teaching my students um, would be just the hands-on opportunities that I tried to provide. I was a science teacher. I taught chemistry, biology. And so I loved uh, having the opportunity, you know, I'll give you an example. In middle school, I taught eighth grade science. And so I had five classes of eighth grade science. And by the time you get to third or fourth period, they think they know, they've talked to, what, what, are, what are we going to do in Miss Seals' room today? And that kind of deal. And I would just change it all up. And they're like, they didn't do this in second period. That's like, right. We're gonna she got you. Because, you know, if you're teaching first, second, third, fourth, fifth, by the time you get to that fourth period, and if you're doing the exact same thing, the exact same way, it may not be as energetic. And so I feel like it's important for me to be passionate and to have energy and for what I'm doing, because if I'm excited about it, the students are going to be excited about it as well. And so those are some of my great memories. And then just also having the opportunities. Now, one of the beauties of having done it for a few years is I have students that I taught that I didn't realize at the time, maybe I did make a big difference in their lives. And so I, I see those students now and they share their success stories. And they say, I just want you to know you made a huge impact on me. And so that's very 
rewarding. Sometimes teachers, we don't get to see the fruits of our labor until years later, but to know that you've made a direct impact on a, on a student's life, maybe they were at a pivot point in their life and you were able to affect that is huge. You know, in the classroom it was about making it, learning exciting, doing experiments. I mean, I remember I was like, okay, I may not have all these materials, but I'm going to go out there and find and we're going to do experiments. This is going to be exciting. And I really loved that. And as I moved into middle school more, I was able to help, you know, sponsor different clubs, et cetera. And I really enjoyed supporting students outside just the regular classroom environment as well. Right. I can see how you can affect so many people, especially from the, from the fact that you have been a veteran with Madison County for so long. And you've, again, gone through every, I think, single position you could just about go through when it comes down to teaching and education and school. So have there been students that have seen you go from being their teacher to being their superintendent? Has that actually, you've been able to view this yourself? Yes, now, now I have their children, yes. <laughs> And I'm at the grocery store and the parent will come up and say, hey, Miss Seals, you taught me eighth grade science. And then, and my little Johnny is now uh, in first grade at, you know, at one of our schools. And yes, and in fact, I was at a school not too long ago and I heard somebody, Miss Seals, Miss Seals, it's so-and-so, do you remember me? And I was like, well, I don't remember the name, but I do remember that face. And I could sometimes I can say, because remember you had to come to the office a few times or I had to call you and they're like, yes, ma'am. But but yes, it is really a wonderful experience to have the children of my former students in our buildings now. And that's really rewarding. And that to see these young male and female students that I help coach or teach and seeing them contribute and come back and be a part of the Madison County Schools family, it really is a, a wonderful experience, yes. That's such a rarity, you know, that you have a superintendent who has been with the school district for as long as you have yeah. and has connected with so many people. So just- And I, just, I have to give a quick shout out also to one things that has made my experience so fantastic would be the teachers that I worked with it when I was a teacher that I helped lead when I was a principal etc the work family that I have had in Madison County has just been off the charts and I think that's one reason why our school district is so successful we really spend a lot of time focusing on making our teachers and staff feel a part of a family. That's important. You spend a lot of hours in a school building, in a schoolhouse. So you want to have that strong sense of connection and working together. And I think to this day, when I joined, I think my first year teaching, I know it was, was at Rosa Scott, which is now a ninth grade school, but at the time it was a fourth through eighth grade school. And I was a, you know, almost a new teacher. I taught one year somewhere else and came to Rosa Scott. So I'm still a very young green new teacher and the teachers there embraced me and they helped raise me I tell them that even now and I'm still great friends with them like y'all just took me in and nurtured me and made sure that I would be successful they wouldn't allow me to fail and so when you have that kind of working environment it's a recipe for great things to occur Right, right. And look I'm my brain is just moving not in a nothing on you so I'm thinking back to 
when we first moved here in 1995 and I went to Northwest Rankin inside of the Rankin County School District. Mm -hmm. And Northwest Rankin, of course, at the time was literally a K through 12 all underneath one yeah. roof when yeah. I started then. So how has the growth that you've seen Madison County School District go through? I know you've seen it come from literally yeah. a couple of rooms to now I'm just full-blown school yeah. district. Yeah, when I came to the school district, we had eight schools and that was uh, 1989. We now have 23 schools and, and you know, soon at some point be probably adding. So yes, I have had the opportunity to see the tremendous growth that has occurred in our school district. And when we were smaller, I talked about the importance of family. It was very easy to grow that sense of family when you have smaller number of schools that's there. And so but we still are working to have that family. I think we have succeeded. It's just that it becomes, you know, you have to think in many different layers and in different ways as the district grows. You have to be more systematic about maintaining that sense of family and collaboration within the building, within a district, within a school community. Let's talk about Madison County School District um, when it comes down to education and your role as superintendent. What have you been the most proud of that you've done now sitting in that role since 2019? Well, you know, I, when I uh, assumed the role in two 2019, I think we had about one semester of normalcy. And then guess oh, what? Yeah, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, it's you know, I took the position in May. And so we finished out that year. And then we had the first semester, 2019. Everything was going great. And then, boom, 2020 hit with COVID. And so what I'm most proud of is our people, our teachers, our students, our administrators, and that throughout the challenges, we still have held to our expectations. And there have been tons of challenges for sure. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, we have had school and had it at a very high level. Now, are we facing struggles like other school district? Yes, ma'am, we are. But our team is committed head on to meeting those and to closing those gaps that have occurred because of COVID. So I'm, I'm super excited about that we were able to, throughout a worldwide pandemic, have school. We never fully closed our doors. We may have had some students to go for a virtual option. We did, but we still maintain having school and providing the activities that we had. Now, did we have to do it in a different way and be creative with that? Yes. But that's probably what I'm most excited about. Now, okay, when it comes down to advice for a future wannabe superintendent, I don't know, you, like you said, it's a definitely a passion, it's definitely a calling, so I don't know who wakes up and goes, you know what, <laughs> the superintendent, that, that position right there, that's the one that I want. But for a future superintendent, what advice do you have for them when trying to navigate and tackle that position and how can they be prepared for something like that? think there are several things. One, be true to yourself. Always try to do what is right. Surround yourself with a great team. A superintendent cannot do everything. It's a big operation. It is running a company. And so you have to have surround yourself with good people. Then I believe empower the people that you surround yourselves with. That does not mean that you are just going to say, okay, I'm turning the ship over to you and I'm going off la-la land. It's a team effort. And so I think the head, the constructive thought, the collective thought, 
input of the team is valuable. Now, at the end of the day, the superintendent does have to make a final call, but before I make a decision, and I often tell principals and everything, if it's not bleeding and it's not smoking, don't, you don't have to make a quick on Johnny on the spot decision. Mm. So let's think about it. Let's get input, seek different thoughts. Maybe it's totally different from what I would think, but I need to hear it and understand the thought process behind it and then make a reflective decision. Also humility, be humble and be willing to always listen. Listen, truly listen. That don't mean that you're gonna agree or that you're gonna say, okay, well, you're right. I've just changed my mind. But listen, everyone deserves to be respected and to to be able to share their thoughts. And so those are some of my words of advice that I would give. Good stuff. I just thank you for that advice. I thank you for your presence here on Chalkboard Chat. To my audience, again, Ms. Charlotte Seals is one of those superintendents that we appreciate here. Of course, she is the Madison County School District Superintendent. In addition to the vice chairman of the Madison County Business League and Foundation, Ms. Charlotte Seals, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jermaine. This, is, this has been just so wonderful. And thank you for your support of K-12 education. We appreciate it. I'm Tara Red. Today, I will be speaking with Principal Crystal Chase of Old Town Middle School in Ridgeland, Mississippi. So let's get right to it. Hello, Principal Chase. How are you today? I am doing great. Thank you all so much for having me. I'm excited to share my love for education and to explain what I do to give further insight. So very excited, looking forward to our chat this morning. Well, thank you for being here. We have so much gratitude and we're so thankful for the teachers and principals and administrators in our schools across the state of Mississippi because you give so much of yourself every day and just thank you right off the top. <laughs> thank you so much. So I'll jump right into my first question. Tell me about your professional journey to becoming a principal. My professional journey to becoming a principal actually started, I'm just gonna go through my professional journey as an educator. Okay. Uh, it's one of those things that I always knew. I always knew I wanted to teach from five years old, having a chalkboard, putting the teddy bears out, instructing the teddy bears, and then going <laughs> into the education side. I remember when I was getting ready to go to college, my daddy said, so what are you going to do? What do you want to major in? And I said, I want to be a teacher. And he said, well, you know, there's really not a lot of money in that. And I made the statement. I said, well, teachers are who make every other profession possible. And when I made that statement to him, there was nothing else said. When I began teaching, loved what I did, and it, it is truly a calling. And while I was teaching, there was actually an administrator, my head principal at that time, who saw something in me. He said, have you ever thought about administration? And I'm like, no, I'm just trying to navigate the waters of being a teacher. Mm -hmm. But he saw something in me. He allowed me to participate and be engaged in what was taking place on the admin side and got into administration loved it because my, that same love and calling that I had as a teacher, being an administrator allowed me to do that on a broader scale. It caused me to help more teachers, to be an aid to more students. And no matter what field or what side of education, it is truly a calling. It is a calling. And we talk a lot about being a servant leader and being a principal is just that. And there's so many more avenues that today being with the challenges that we face and how we just have to 
love on teachers and love on students and being a support along with making sure that the education piece is in place. So my journey to being a principal, it was one of just being in a position to provide support and to reach out and to indeed be a servant leader and to cause people to tap into their own potential, whether they're students, whether they're parents or by helping parents realizing, okay, this is what I need to do for my child to be successful because all parents want their children to be successful, but it's a matter of what route do we take to get there? So that just kind of sums up my entire educational journey along with my journey as a principal. That's a beautiful story, a beautiful journey that I'm sure has many more legs to it than we could ever talk about in just our little time together. But you talked a little bit about the money and I'll just ask you about the legislature just passed a huge teacher pay raise. What does that mean to you right now as a principal and for the teachers that you work with? That is a tremendous victory for our teachers. It's a tremendous victory for our state because a lot of times that was one of the reasons where we talk about trying to keep teachers in education. The struggle wasn't so much keeping them within the field of education. It was keeping them within the state. So when we talk about wanting to compete with neighboring states as it relates to providing quality education for our students, that is a big selling point because teachers, what they get, they are so valuable for what they provide when they come out of their own pockets to make sure students have so that they can sit in a classroom and be willing to learn and participate. So it's it's one of those things where you say, you know, words can't describe how exciting it is and how that benefits and how that motivates your teachers within a staff because they have, you know, they see the support coming from the top now. So that that was very much appreciated. Well, congratulations. I know I follow that and I'm I'm super happy for for you all and for that to have happened in Mississippi. And you talked about working with teachers and the students. Tell me a little bit about what your day-to-day duties entail. No two days are alike. You get here and, you know, you just each morning you pray for wisdom and discernment and you go according to whatever the flow of the day may be. When I get here, it's generally a walkthrough of the building because if there's rain, you need to make sure you need to check and see if everything's okay. Mm -hmm. But just a general walkthrough of the building. Then after you get that part settled, getting ready to meet and greet students as they enter, that's a very important part of the day. They need to see and hear a good morning because that may not be something that they heard prior to coming to school. So greet the students for maybe the first 30 minutes as they're arriving from the car rider and from the buses. Then we get the day started with announcements, try to do our best to motivate them, set the tone for the day. Then after that, it's about getting in classes. It's about making sure that quality teaching and learning are taking place and being that support system for our teachers. So when we do that observation piece, we do a feedback piece as well, because it does me no good if I'm just in there observing and they don't know what I'm seeing and what should take place. Also, during the course of the day, parents may stop by if they have issues or concerns. I want to hear that. I want to be able to provide support for them as well, because at the end of the day, they're they're sending me their most prized possession. I have their child with them for a good eight hours of the day. So I need to be able to communicate with them and allow them to feel comfortable to communicate with me as well. And visiting with students, along with that observation piece, being in classes, it gives you a chance to build that rapport and connection with students. So that's a big piece of what takes place on a day-to-day situation. At the end of the day, then you have bus dismissal and making sure that students get home safely. So that's just a quick run through of what takes place. But like I said, you can't you can't map it out. You can't put a timestamp to it because within the course of the day, you never know what may come up that you may have to deal with. Wow, that's a busy day. And I like what I'm hearing in terms of your 
soft skills there. You make sure that the people, the person is taken care of first, their emotional needs, and then let's get to business. So I really like that. And I think that probably played a huge role in you becoming the 2019 Madison County District Administrator of the Year. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So congratulations on that honor there. So tell me a little bit about your most challenging, and then I want to hear also about your most rewarding moments. The most challenging thing for me, and I think it probably does deal with my connection and my desire. I, I want, I'm a fixer. I want to make sure that the teachers are happy, the students are happy, and the parents are happy. And sometimes it takes a little longer to get to that common ground. So the most challenging thing for me is when we can't, when all stakeholders can't come to that needed agreement, because at the end of the day, our desired results should be to do what's best for the child. So what's most challenging for me is when we have to go through multiple stages in order to do that. And we lose sight of what's the most important thing at that moment. But the most rewarding, the flip side of that is when we can do that and we can come in and you know get to the understanding of we are here, we are advocates for this child. And when those students come back year after year to say just a simple thank you, and especially the ones that you may not have thought you were reaching during middle school, because this is a very crucial and different time in a child's life, and even sometimes difficult. But when they come back and they're able to say, you played a vital role in my life, I think that's the most important thing, just a simple thank you. And that's why it's so important to show our appreciation as we talk about for our teachers, just thank you, two words that go a long way. So the most rewarding thing is when you have those students to come back and especially when you have students come back and they are educators and they say, you know what? I would love to work here because I wanna give back to the community that gave to me. So that is the most rewarding side of what I have witnessed as an educator. Absolutely, that's beautiful. You talked about relationships and having to communicate and partnerships with teachers and of course students, district folks parents. They are a most important piece of what you do as well. Talk a little bit more about your relationship with parents and the role that they play on a daily basis and how that may look different going forth as well. Working with parents, that's a vital piece of what takes place. When they send us their children each day, there's an expectation that they have of us. We are here to provide a quality education for those students. When those students go home, we need to be in a position where they can convey what they have learned to their parents. Because we all know when you're doing homework with your child at home, if it's not done the way the teacher said, we're not going to get a whole lot done. Having that communication piece with our parents and allowing, we have an open door policy. I tell them, if you have an issue or concern, please reach out to me because that's the first avenue to getting it fixed and making sure that those teachers and parents have that same open line of communication. I tell them, if we don't know about something, we can't fix it. But if you bring it to my attention, I'm going to do my absolute best in order to get it resolved. So that's going to be very important moving forward for parents to realize, number one, that teachers are working hard. They are doing their absolute best. And you got to be willing to communicate with them in order to reach that common goal. I think that I think about years ago, the respect that our society had for teachers. I think we need to get back to a point where we realize, you know what, they do indeed make the world go round. So we need to give them their due respect. And at the same time, there needs to be across the board respect from parent to teacher and from teacher to parent as well. Absolutely. Tell me what piece of advice would you give to a 
perspective principle? I would tell a perspective principle to never lose sight and never forget what it was like when you were in the classroom as a teacher. Don't become so far removed that you can't realize that in order for teachers to be effective in the classroom, you have to appreciate and understand that outside of the classroom, their mothers, their fathers, their sons, their daughters. And if they can't give the attention they need to being mothers and fathers and sons and daughters, they're not going to be effective in that classroom. So I would say never lose sight of that. Don't get so caught up on what you need them to do within your building that you don't allow them to be the best they can be outside of that classroom. I would also tell them to make sure you get to know the people in your building. I need to, you know, I, I make it a point to make sure I know the names of the teacher's children because that's a different level of connection. Right. Yes, I need you to know the students in your classroom, but at the end of the day, me showing that I'm interested in you as a person outside of what you do in this building, that's a connection. That's, that's the buying point. That's a selling point right there. So we've got to make sure, I would tell a prospective principal, to make sure, number one, that that level of professionalism, number two, that you don't lose sight of what you remember and how you felt in the classroom. Those things you said, I wish my admin knew, I wish my admin did. Make sure that you take that with you into the next phase. Thank you, Principal Chase, for being with us today here on Chalkboard Chat. We really appreciate your work for Mississippi. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. And thank you all for taking time to highlight and spotlight what educators do on a daily basis. Jermaine Flood in for Chalkboard Chat. And in with me right now, I have John Wallace. He's the principal of Pearl Junior High School in Pearl, Mississippi. He has been 15 years as an educator and eight years as an administrator. And I'd like to welcome him to the chat right now. Mr. John Wallace, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Excited to be here. I am so excited to have you on. We have one of your very own who is a part of our MPB student council here, Mr. Jack Durr. So I wanted to bring you on because we love Jack and I love Pearl and I love Rankin County just in general. I'm a Rankin County girl. So I wanted yes, to bring you on and show our appreciation to you as principal of Pearl Junior High School. So Thank I'm just going to jump right in and sure. pick your brain a little bit. But when it comes down to you getting started as an educator, was that a passion that you had early on? How did you get into the world of education? Well, I've always enjoyed working with students, uh, with kids. Um, and so in college, I initially thought that I was going to be a child psychologist. And two weeks into intro to psych, I realized this was not for me. And so, you know, just kind of process elimination, I ended up in, in education, majored in elementary education did that student teaching at Rouse Elementary in Rankin County, then graduated in, in, in December of 04. So there's not too many teaching positions in January. Right. And um, ended up finding a teaching position in Clinton Public Schools at the time and taught there for about seven and a half, eight years and then got into administration there. Now, the transition from that administration work to what you were doing at Rouse into becoming a principal, did you know that this is where the end was going to be? If there is an end, if we can say, because you can keep going, but not at all, <laughs> not at all. Like I say, I've always enjoyed working with kids and students to some capacity. So growing up, if you had told me you're going to be an educator one day, I said, I don't think so, you know, and then starting as a teacher, 
you'll be an administrator one day. I don't think so. It's just, it's just kind of been a progression that, you know, I've just found an area that I've enjoyed working with and thankfully to have some strong mentors that I've worked for and with, they've been able to kind of coach me and guide me and, and encourage me along this path into administration. Right. Is there an education philosophy maybe that you live by or that you kind of pass on to your students? I just, I always encourage my students just to, to give their best. Don't be afraid to not try because you may fail. Nobody's perfect. You know, give it your all. And one thing that I stress to students is I've never heard of someone regret giving it their best. I've always heard of people regret, you know, I, I didn't work hard. I didn't plan or prep enough, but I've never heard someone say, I regret giving it my best. I've just, you know, found that, you know, when you're giving it your best, things turn out and the outcome is always better. Now I've used this terminology with everything. It takes a village to to run a school. <laughs> Absolutely. It takes a village to run a school. So how has the support been from you coming in last year with the teachers, with your staff that supports you there at Pearl Junior High School? I have been welcomed with open arms completely. My, my predecessor was here for 10 years. And so big shoes to fill for sure. But everyone has been just very welcoming and supportive. It has truly felt like a, a family here. I'm a firm believer, you know, I cannot do any of this on my own. There's no one person that can do it all their own. And it's got to be a collaborative measure. And so that means talking with your teachers, listening to them and, you know, having an open door. Hey, we've got a, a struggle, a problem going on come lay it on the table, put it on the desk and, and let's figure out a way together for a better solution. You know, I've, I've told our teachers before y'all are in the trenches, so to speak every day. And so some of the things, policies, practices that we try to implement from an administrative side, it, it may not work in, in the real world when, you know, it hits the classroom. So we need that feedback from teachers and their input. So trying to make sure that we've got an open door policy and open and constant communication is very important, especially for me coming in for the first year here at Pearl Junior High. As principal, I know there's some qualities and characteristics maybe that are important to possess. What is one of those that you feel is the most important to possess? I think you've got to be level-headed. There's going to be things that pop up. We can come in every single day with an agenda, an itinerary, a, a list of goals that I want to accomplish today. And a lot of times students come with their own plan or, or teachers come anytime. And those are all certainly welcome. Those are, that's, that's what we're here for, but to remain level-headed and know, okay, this is something that needs attention at this moment. It's not anything to kind of lose our, our head over. It may not be something that I can answer myself. Let me reach out to someone who maybe has some more experience and expertise in this field. The old saying of, you know, getting the right people in the right seat on the bus. So, you know, making sure that you've got people that you can rely on, that you can trust to help with that team. I don't think any administrator should or could come in to say they are an expert in every single area and that they can do everything themselves. And so I think it's very important to build trust with your team and build that culture with your team. That's not anything that can happen overnight. It just takes time and experience with each other. And, it, and 
hopefully over time will build in a positive way. Right. And all your years as an administrator and a principal, what has been that one bright shining moment that just stands out in your head and you knew this is why I'm doing what I'm doing? Really being able to see some of my students once they've gotten up into high school and have graduated for them when I see them in town, see them working somewhere in the community for them to initiate the conversation. I've had students before in the grocery store see me and come, you know, running over a couple of aisles to catch up with me. And, you know, that, that makes all the difference in the world to say, okay, even on the bad days, hopefully we're making some, planting some seeds and making some positive impacts on some kids at some point they may not understand it right now, mm-hmm. but at some point it's going to have a, a positive impact on them. Right. I was a bad kid. So if I would have seen you in a grocery store, I would have tried to cut a corner. <laughs> but so if yeah. them running up to you, that lets you know you're and, doing something well, right. <laughs> and that's and that's some of, uh, you know, the kids that would be in the office for <laughs> you name it. Right. You know, it wasn't always the, the honors kids. It was some of our, I'll say, frequent flyers that we would have lots of conversations with. Right. That, we, you know, were some of my favorite kids to see later on. Right, right. Yeah, we are a colorful yeah. bunch. I'm putting myself yeah. right in that basket <laughs> with them. So final question, yes, what is one piece of advice for those people who are prospectively looking into becoming a principal? What's that one piece of advice that you would give that person? as it relates to, to being prepared? I would just say, ask yourself, where do you feel called? Where do you feel like you could have the most positive impact on your students? And so if somebody feels like, you know, they're just in a, in a stage still, chapter of their life where they feel like they can make the most positive impact having daily uh, communication relationships, one-on-one or small group in the classroom, then maybe it's not quite time to move into administration. But if you feel like, you know, maybe you've got some some gifts or some talents that uh, can be used on a wider spectrum, not just with students, but with faculty, with counselors, with parents, with the community, then that, you know, very well could be an avenue to, to start to pursue. And at that point, uh, I would, you know, just say, who is a good mentor, trusting person that's in your faculty, on your staff, somebody in your community that's in the education field that's had that experience that you can just have some honest conversations with and pick their brain about what does this really look like to move in that direction? Right, right, right. Good advice. I love that, Mr. Wallace. Again, to my audience, this has been Mr. John Wallace. He is principal of Pearl Junior High School in Pearl, Mississippi. And we have had him today here on the chat just to show our appreciation to him for the work that he has done as principal of Pearl Junior High School here in the state of Mississippi. Again, Mr. Wallace, thank you so much for joining us. And of course, you know, I got to say, go Pirates. That's right. All day. (laughs) Go Pirates all day. This has been Chalkboard Chat. Mr. John Wallace has been a great interviewee. You have been listening and class is now dismissed. You've been listening to Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. This podcast is hosted with love by ACAST.